Hey, faith family. Welcome to the Beyond Sunday podcast at Calvary Bible, where we go beyond the Sunday sermon to explore some rabbit holes and to bring some biblical truths to the surface. We hope you enjoyed today's episode. All right, Randy, we're back. Psalm 55. Hey, folks. Are you ready for the curveball this week? I'm ready. All right. I don't have a curveball. I'm going to start you off with fastballs. Okay, good. Because I think a good baseball pitcher has got to keep you guessing. That's for sure. So I want to keep you guessing as to what's coming at the beginning of all these episodes so you're not you know, expecting a curveball. Good. I don't want you hitting too many out of the park. Is this going to be a fat pitch or yeah, well, you're going to pick the edge? I'm probably going to come high and inside. <laughs> I'm inside. And if you're not a baseball oh fan, okay. listen, you should become a baseball fan. Uh, I'll save this maybe for another day, but I was talking to a guy about why baseball is the most scriptural of all sports. Let me just say, I'll give you a little teaser. Uh, what do you do in the seventh inning? You, you rest, right? You stretch, mm-hmm. you rest, just like on the seventh day. So it's funny, have it. funny conversation. All right, maybe that was your curveball. All right, here comes the fastballs. We're in Psalm 55. Um, before we dive in, though, let me just remind you guys that we we love your questions uh, and comments. Um, if you have them, you're thinking about them on a Sunday morning, please email them to podcast at cbcmj.com. Just want to remind you that and keep that in front of you. And we'll do our best to, you know, hit them here on this, uh, you know, through this venue. So um, let me give a quick recap of Psalm 55. In some ways, it was a follow-up to Psalm 54, where Psalm 54 was, uh, you know, David having been betrayed a little bit by the Ziphites, Mm -hmm. and now he's in this conflict with a close friend. Uh, We used the word worshiper. Um, So here's my recap as I was listening Sunday morning. The early part of the psalm is someone crying out to God, Uh, because of the trouble and the oppression from the enemy. And then what makes it worse, right in the meat of the the psalm there, is the distress, the trouble is coming uh, from a close friend. Uh, You might call him a a Christian friend, Mm -hmm. which no doubt would would make that sting all the worse. Um, And then finally, this commitment to trust in the Lord, um, fleshed out practically by you know, casting our cares, casting our burdens on him. And that's what the, the psalmist David does for us. So that's Psalm 55 in a, in a sentence or a nutshell. Um, but here's, here's a couple of quick comments that, that came in I thought were interesting. Uh, and then we'll get into the question. But just to set the question up, um, we, we see a lot of compacts and covenants from centuries of old. So someone wrote in with some some lines from the Mayflower Compact in 1620, remembering the Declaration of Independence, the preamble to the Constitution. It's interesting. So these are hundreds of years old. Uh, Our church covenant is decades. This is our 80th year, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So it's probably about 80 years old. Um, is, Is that a thing of the past? I don't, you know, I don't know. I think... I did think it would be interesting if we were to rewrite a covenant, it would probably take that covenant or promise to a more personal level because we would be the ones in it, writing it, saying it to one another. But I love our church covenant. I hope you guys did too. Um, 
and then um yeah also well let's yeah let's let's just leave it at that um and dive into here our first question which i thought was a really good one uh just thinking about the church and how we have our covenant together and who does that pertain to and that's kind of what the question starts off by asking are all church attenders covenant members just because they attend church regularly they've got a mailbox they've got their name and picture in the directory um, is that someone who we're covenanted to or does it someone have to actually go through the official process of church membership interview by the elder board signing you know their name to the statement of faith where where does that start for us in this covenant relationship? Yeah, I think that uh, the first thing we would want to do is just say theologically, uh, anyone that's coming to church, uh, anyone is coming to our church, theologically speaking, that's what they're that they're entering this covenant relationship. Um, they're entering it by by the fact of their attendance and and so forth. Theologically, that's what's happening in the sanctuary. For instance, to use this as an example, beyond Sunday, well, mm -hmm. when we were together the other day, so I think, you know, I'd want to start there theologically and say, before we even talk about, are you an official member or not? Let's talk about, uh, and I think I said this maybe Sunday, you know, do you, do you know what kind of church you're a part of? Because uh, that's what, that's what church is, uh, that relationship that covenant relationship is really what's driving the whole process. Without it, there really is, uh, and, and actually you, here's where you can see it break down. Uh, just think about the fact that when push comes to shove, if we have to, if we actually have to help a disciple, uh, someone's coming to our church, we find out that they are struggling in sin, they will not repent. Uh, the Bible is really clear for us on how we help shepherd that person. Mm -hmm. And then you can very, very quickly see whether or not that person is in the covenant relationship or not. So theologically, I would say that if they're coming into, the, they're, they're entering an atmosphere that is covenant based. Now, the way that question is worded, though, the way I heard you uh, say that now, though, you've got people, uh, you know, we received, uh, we receive on a fairly regular basis. Uh, we receive some of the paperwork to officially join. Some of mm -hmm. that's the result of being in the Welcome to the Faith family class, but not always. And so um, now you have people, I, I think that, I think you have people there when they sign, when they sign on the line or want to sign on the line. I think that's a, I, I think that's a statement from them of another level of accountability, possibly. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I can understand the the two different uh, the two different levels, in a sense. What I'm really after, though, is uh, the fact that uh, those of us who are worshiping together at Calvary Bible Church right now, we are in this covenant relationship together in order to make any of this work. And that's the that's there's always a risk involved in that, and that's what we're seeing with this, you know, obviously in this chapter. Yeah, you made that comment that there's there's risk involved in any kind of a relationship so a, a dating relationship you expose yourself to hurt the closer you get to someone mm -hmm. when they betray you or say i'm out it stings all the more yeah. um so but just to recap what you're saying though is mm -hmm. that just by someone's presence in the gathering 
they're choosing to be with the the church on a Sunday morning when we're worshiping, that in and of itself kind of says they're a part of us, though not on paper, right? Their presence, they're they're regularly with us, so they're not church members, but there's still some level of covenanting that's happening, even though someone may not be a member on paper. I yes, I say yes to that. And I also say that a, a lot of a lot of folks coming to church don't understand that that that, that mm-hmm. it is a covenant relationship that, that that we're in. So I think in this generation, I think there's it is going to be more and more difficult to get people to that level of accountability. I think it is. I I, I can see it happening. Yeah, I think there's all kinds of reasons why it's going to be easier for people uh, to to not enter into that type of tight relationship. Now, I believe in church membership, mm-hmm. um, but where where would you go to in the scriptures to say church membership is, you know, we, we handle church membership the way the Bible says we should? I have avoided that uh, curveball. My whole life I have avoided uh, going and proof texting from yeah. the book of Acts or from somewhere else and say, because of this, this is uh, this is why membership should be like it is. Yeah. However, there's no reason at all why a person would not. There's yeah. no good reason not to be a member of a church. And I think the best thing that you know, I think the best thing would be to say, uh, could you uh, could you could you say the covenant? Hmm. I mean. It, Take it away from church. Are you are you an official member or not? I think I'd be just as interested in saying to the person, uh, whether you're a member or not, uh, are are you able to are you able to uh, promise that? Mm-hmm. Is that the type of worshiper that you are? If yeah. you're not that kind of worshiper, whether you're a member or not is is a non-issue. Now, uh, I have been clear uh, in in a lot of other venues about why I think it's very very helpful according to our constitution uh, to have uh, official members <laughs> it's a it's a pretty big deal mm-hmm. and i believe theologically it's a big deal so i i i, I do yeah you know where i thought you were going to go Mm-mm. um i thought you were going to bring up the one another's uh, you can't practice the one another's yeah. if you're not actually yeah a part of the it's the family. It's very difficult to practice them, and I, I I'm yeah. pretty sure I said that on Sunday. You know, there's, uh, you know, there's over twenty of those, and mm-hmm. so yeah. And the tighter the relationship, I mean, the more you make the promise to each other, the more you're likely to carry those out. So yeah, that's a big deal. I mean, there's a lot of folks that come to church and don't practice the one another's. Yeah, they're just, they're just not in relationships that can do it. No, that's true. The relationships not there. And I don't want to spend too much time talking about church membership. That's not what this is about. But in some ways, it feels like, uh, tell me if I'm wrong. So, you you know, your church history a little bit. It feels like an American thing where, I don't know, generations ago to be a member of something, the Moose Lodge, for example, mm. like that was an important thing. It was mm. part of who you were. So you were a member of and you see it in obituaries, you know, right. they were a member of. And yeah. so that had some kind of clout or you know, had some significance to it. Clout might not be the best mm-hmm. word, but um, it was important. And you said that, you know, you, you've seen it. You would expect the, the importance of membership to continue to 
weaken or at mm-hmm. least the importance mm-hmm. of it. I think it will. Um, so is it a is it a cultural thing? This the you know the official signing your your John Hancock on a, a document, or is it? You know, do you know what I'm saying? I kind of do. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Either way, it's important to be together. I think it's critical. And, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I can't. I think it's impossible to overestimate the importance of being a part of a faith family, a real faith family with accountability to each other, responsibility to each other, all of that. And to resist, uh, to resist the urge to, uh, to be loosely affiliated to anything. I mean, there's so many cultural factors going on right now that are against this. So, yeah. And plus, if you, I mean, if you, you know, I think your reference was, you know, if someone asked me, you know, go way, way back to the ancient times and how did the, you know, what, what stood out about the early church and all of my readings of the ancient literature, the thing that stands out the most is the way in which they were careful to do this thing called fence the table. So it's, it's fascinating to me how, how much stock these churches, these local churches put into making sure that we were all fit for communion. And if you weren't fit for communion, we've got a spot for you to wait and sit until you are. It's like, that strikes me more than, you know, membership or not. I I have no idea, but I do know that these, these shepherds of old, they took that very seriously. So, so fence the table as in guarding, guard, guard who, who, who partakes. Yeah. I mean, they were, I mean, that was a that was a big thing. So that would be one of those ancient things that I would yeah. pick up on. And, it, and it, for me, I, it, you know, if you're if you're a part of a local church, that's what churches are. We're we're a covenant community that goes to the table regularly and allows Christ to cleanse us from our sin. That's a, that's our confession. Mm-hmm. And if you're not doing that, what are you? Well, that's where we would say our responsibility to each other is to help. To help us all grow. So yeah. you know where stuff mm-hmm. where this gets so practical. Just think about the number of times when someone is spiritually in trouble and they stay away from church. So there's yeah. there's I mean that, that's the that's the uh, that's the telltale sign that the person is not doesn't feel that they are in a covenant relationship at all. The very the very entity that they need, the very people that they need around them, mm-hmm. they they bail on those people. And that is that recurs over and over again. Yeah. So, All right. Well, yeah. So I think at least that helps set us up for kind of the the gist of the psalm, and uh, and maybe we can close with some of your your thoughts that you wrapped up with uh, towards the end of the sermon because here's here's David who is feeling betrayed, like stabbed in the back. Um, you referenced. Uh, Jesus and Judas in that relationship. Oh my! Um, Paul experienced it. Yeah. Um, you know, feeling like he was deserted and, and left alone. Um, and so Christians across the centuries throughout the scriptures have felt this. And, and I would be lying to say I haven't felt it myself. Someone mm-hmm. close to me saying, mm-hmm. you know, hurting me. And so how do we... How do we best respond in those those times? Where where do we turn? Yeah. So um, the the first thing is just to make sure we understand that when the ancient when the ancient readers read this psalm, this specific that David went through, being betrayed by a close friend, 
is a uh, it's just one part of the overall fight that we're in. So I and I didn't get time for all of this, but you know, one of these writers, uh, one of the great names, Leo the Great, is a great name is great. Uh, from the Reformation time, says everything is full of danger, everything full of pitfalls, desires drive us, enticements lure us, money attracts us, loss hinders us, and the tongues of slanderers are bitter. And then finally, in the context of what happened to David, the mouths of those who praise us are not always trustworthy. So they're not thinking just of the one thing to David. They're saying our whole life is filled with this risk. There are, there are dangers everywhere. So we run to the Lord with them. But let me just uh, quickly say, uh, you know, toward the end, what I was, I was trying to tell myself through this is believing in the Lord Jesus Christ and experiencing his mercy uh, and, and I didn't say this, but just think about the betrayal, my betrayal of him. Mm -hmm. Let's just start there. My betrayal of him. If I'm on the receiving end of his mercy that allows me back in the relationship with all of that risk to him. Now, um, now that changes my heart. So yeah. what I was thinking about was, and I listed these things very quickly at the end. So I, I just wanted to say, first of all, please know that of all people, the Lord Jesus knows your hurt. Uh, he knows that. And I, and I said that, I, that was the first thing. He hears your prayers and he knows your hurt. The second one was where I was really thought, wow, he's, he's actually building righteousness in us through the trauma. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what's happening. And so I, I, I thought, wow, this has to be, I, I have to be able to withstand the all of the all of the the things that are happening all of the detrimental things i have to withstand them because with endurance with faith because that's part of our salvation part of the building of of righteousness and um so i, I for me i was saying first tell the lord what you need in this moment if you're in a difficult situation what do you need tell him what you need second do the part you're responsible for uh, that was important to me is like, okay, uh, Lord, here's where I am. I'm weak. I need help. I'm hurt. I need help. But now it's my, I have to do my part. So do the part that you're responsible for with his empowerment. And then I thought, just watch him create good things. Just watch what he'll do. Mm -hmm. He will create good things. Uh, and he'll create good things in relationships, even though there's great risk for more hurt. Uh, I, just, I just think that's so important. Um, I, I just I just want to say your relationships will flourish. And I'm talking about within the context of covenant people, your relationships will flourish. You're a spirit controlled person in an environment that is built to build people up. And you'll be a big part of that. If you can stay in the relationships and dig deep in these relationships mm -hmm. and experience the good and the bad and the ugly in all of those relationships. Um and then uh, I just finally said, you know, when when you're hurt, you'll you'll keep moving. You'll keep moving in faith. You'll just know that that is part of it. And uh, uh, friendship is uh, close. Friendship is great, yeah. great blessing, but also very dangerous. I mean, as we we both know that yeah. how, how dangerous the relationships can be. And I I hope those are some things that. Um, you know, that you can hold on to. And then I'll just encourage you again, if anything, uh, I do not want to be the cause of, of these. Uh, I don't want to be the betrayer ever. 
And I know what's in my heart, and I know that's a tendency. But then I also I wanted I just want to continue to solidify my own commitment to uh, to to our folks. I mean, just to be in that to to fulfill the covenant relationship and work hard at that. That's what that's that's why he put us in the body. So I hope that helps a little bit. And I think I think part of that you just said the friendships that that we're in. That friendships are good, and it. Um, those close friendships when you can disagree when you've hurt someone or been hurt by someone and reconcile it the depth that comes out of those relationships is so good but you have to be willing to have the conversation as opposed to just running mm -hmm. um yeah. and by god's grace you yeah you've got to stick stick it out yeah. and just yeah, I was just thinking about some times where that's that's happened, and sometimes where it's not happened right. in my own life, yeah. and I just appreciate those good friends who have stuck with me uh, through my shortcomings. Um, and someone wrote in and commented on David being on the flip side, yeah. betraying Uriah. Yeah. So obviously, these biblical characters are not perfect, and I'm mm -hmm. glad for that because neither am I. Um, but here's David, who just is sleazy in his handling of Uriah and yeah. Bathsheba, and just so Uriah could have written that same yeah. that same psalm. Yeah. Um, but I think what was interesting and stood out to me in verse 19, uh, it reads, "God will give ear and humble them, he who is enthroned from of old, because they do not change and do not fear God," and so. To me, that was kind of a, a dividing line between, between someone who's in the faith and someone who's not. Good point. Uh, David feared the Lord. And so even though God is going to humble and stay on the throne and, and put aside, vindicate, get justice for the, the person who's done the betraying, um, he's going to forgive the one who fears him. And I think that's... a uh, yeah, just to, to stay humble. And so that, I think that's that's our part too, just to, um, yeah, remain humble before the Lord, yeah. be willing to go and have those conversations, forgive and ask for forgiveness. And, you know, Jesus says yeah. in the Sermon on the Mount, if you're going to, you know, provide a sacrifice yeah. and you know someone has something against exactly. you, drop it. Yep. Don't go, yep. make it right first. And um, yeah, there's a lot of, I mean, obviously, we're messy people. Mm -hmm. This is a messy church. Yeah, yeah. If you're new to us, newsflash, yeah. we're a mess because yeah. um, mm -hmm. we're sinners. Yeah. And we've got to keep coming back to mm -hmm. um, just biblical mm -hmm. reconciliation with one another. Yeah. Especially so, if we made a promise and we're in a covenant. Yeah. <laughs> just think about, I mean, just think about if, if we may, if we're in the covenant, if we're in a covenant with someone, we made a promise. Yeah. I need to do a better job bringing that covenant out in my own life for the church's life. I don't know, but it's such a good document for us. And so, yeah. yeah, we'll keep thinking through it. If you can't read music, pull out the hymnal anyway and just open up the front cover. <laughs> It'll be good. Yeah. All right. It's good. Thanks for joining us. Thank you all. See ya. Thanks again for joining us on today's episode. And remember our Sunday sermons are meant to lead us to a life of worship beyond Sunday.